Good afternoon. I'm Dr. Terry James Gingrass, and this is Dr. G's ADHD chat. This is a show designed to try to make the world safe for ADHDers. Um, I am a clinical psychologist and neuropsychologist. Uh, I've been in private practice treating ADHD for about 40 years. And I'm also the parent of at least one ADHD child and possibly two, as well as I have married into a family that is just riddled with ADHD diagnoses. Um, so I've been around it a lot, learned a lot about it, um, grew up with it basically because when my son was born, there was no such thing as ADHD. Okay, I mean, I tell this story right fairly, fairly regularly. When he was born, there was no ADHD, no ADD, nothing. Okay, 1980, we had ADD, ADD came down the pike. And then seven years later, we uh, have ADHD. Before that, we had something called hyperactive reaction to childhood which is just wrong in so many ways, it's hardly worth talking about, but it was not the most accurate representation of what ADHD really is and what it feels like and all the rest of it. And the last couple of times I have been talking about the myths related to ADHD because man, considering it's been around two or 300 years in the medical literature, we haven't known much about it until the last 30 years or so. So uh, I got to admit, we have added a lot of uh, new information and, and that's great, but uh, there are still people out there who think there's no such thing as ADHD. They think that, oh, they, you know, they get accommodations and that's just cheating. They, you know, they're getting an unfair advantage dip de dip da 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 Anyway, and I've been talking about that the last couple of sessions, but the thing I haven't talked about, the thing most people don't even think about is that there are consequences to this, okay? ADHD has a problem. It doesn't look like anything is different. You look just like a regular kid. And a lot of times you get called uh, a behavior problem, a juvenile delinquent, those, those sorts of things because people don't understand what the disorder is about, including one whole heck of a lot of parents. Okay, this is not one of those things that's easy to parent and it's not <laughs> like anybody's born to be an ADHD parent. I mean, it's a, it's a hard row. There's no doubt about it, even if you know what's going on. And like my wife and I, we did not know what was happening, what was going on. Why, why was this kid different from all the others? But what we do know is that people who believe the myths, and some of them are teachers, some of them are even physicians. I mean, in my area, we used to have a pediatrician who, no kidding, did not believe there was such a thing as ADHD. 
So you can, he still, for some reason, would refer people to, to be evaluated, but he, he just, ah, I don't believe in that crap, you know. That's like, okay, so why are we going through this? Um, the, I mean, the, the big deal, though, is that when you have people in authority, and they're, I mean, teachers, physicians, coaches, school principals, uh, you know, you name it. Anybody who has any power over a child, it is really rough if they don't understand what they're dealing with. And uh, many of them don't and don't want to bother. They're closed off. They're not going to, eh, that's a bunch of crap. You know, it's, but it's not. It's not. It's it's all got it's all hard science. I mean, we have what do you want? MRIs, CT scans, uh, analysis of of assays of neurotransmitters. I mean, it's all there, okay, and it all is consistent, and it all shows that ADHD is a an inherited disorder is passed through families, has an heritability index of 85%, which is extraordinarily high. And it causes real-time problems with paying attention, sustaining attention, all those other things with, you can do with attention. And uh, it takes a really talented or driven individual, one or the other, to to work with ADHD kids and to, uh, tr you know, get some reasonable results. And uh, one of the biggest problems ADHDers have is that they are treated like it's a behavior problem. I mean, we had, we had, I don't know how many people who still use the old BMOD stuff to treat ADHD. If you're not familiar with what that means, they basically, they reward good behavior and punish the heck out of negative behavior or basically behavior the parents don't like. There's a problem with that, a big problem. ADHD doesn't respond to punishment. Okay, because it's an, based on a neurotransmitter uh, a lack thereof, a lack of enough neurotransmitters to feel normal, that means that they respond like crazy to reward. But punishment doesn't do a thing to change their neurotransmitters. And so it's like he didn't do anything. And I used to have one, actually it, was, it used to be a at least an acquaintance, if not a friend. And he would told me a story about one day, a kid that he'd been working with, and he was a child uh, psychologist. He said, he said uh, the, the kid said, you know, Doc, I figured out what your job is. And he said, oh, what's that? And he said, 
you're here to figure out better ways to punish me. It's like, oh, oh I, I, well, I know I would never want a patient to, to think that that was what I was there to do. Um, but you see it all, oh, you see it all the time. I mean, I've seen some horrendous things done in the name of behavior modification. I usually, I mention this uh, uh, fairly regularly, but there's one with, I just could never get at this woman. First time I ever saw her, she'd already had her child identified and that sort of stuff. So, And she quite proudly told me that he was sleeping on a mattress on the floor of his bedroom and there were no toys, no entertainment devices, nothing in his room. And indeed, the door has been taken off of the of the room. Guess what? She over bemodded him. She had nothing left to take away. Unless she wanted to send him to school naked, and I'm pretty sure that wasn't on her agenda. But that's what happens if you have a system that is that has no restraints, has nothing that tells you when to quit. And you always need that. But with the myths that I've been talking about, okay, what, what is the effect of myths on, on an ADHD child or an ADHD family? Well, the kid, for one thing, doesn't have much self-confidence. Doesn't, if, if his parents and his teachers don't believe in ADHD, or <laughs> I did it, but ADHD's not a religious, question so it doesn't matter what you believe it's what the science says but what we get is that you get a kid who's trying as hard as he can but his brain is different it still works pretty well but it's different and so if you want to you can just pick him apart day after day or her um, they One of the problems with being criticized continuously, and we have pretty good research suggesting that ADHDers get about 70 critical comments a day. Okay, so what does that do? Well, your self-confidence is likely somewhere below zero. You just, I mean, you know, you're being told you do everything wrong. How do you, how do you recover from that? I don't know. Okay, the other thing is that kids get anxious when they're raised that way. They start to feel like uh, that no matter what happens, they're going to screw up. They're going to do something wrong, and then they're going to be punished. And even though they don't, uh, punishment doesn't change their behavior very much, it's no fun. And so they start worrying about it. Am I going to make mistakes? Did I make a mistake? I don't know if I made a mistake. I can't tell if I make mistakes. And then the other one is depression. You know, first they're afraid of, oh, I may have screwed up. Then they start to think there's something wrong with me. There's, you know, something bad wrong with me. And then they, they start getting depressed. That's why, you know, you see a lot of ADHDers with uh, pretty significant depression. You see a lot of them with pretty significant anxiety. 
And then, depending, you know, if they are raised in a particularly punishment-prone sort of environment, then they start figuring, figuring, you know, I'll screw it. I can't win anyway, so to heck with them. And they become alienated. And those are the people that end up on street corners that we worry about. But it's all preventable. And nothing has to happen. Okay, the other thing that has happened a lot, or happens a lot, is that people who are raised without much, without any consideration for their having ADHD, these people have a hard time with success, getting success. Now we know, I used to have a list that I gave out in my office uh, to all the parents of ADHD kids, listing, you know, just the successful people who are successful uh, who had ADHD. Now, people like Steve Jobs that you may have heard of. Or, um, but anyway, there, there are bunches of people with ADHD who are very successful. A bunch of them are billionaires. A bunch of them are successful athletes, successful entertainers, successful entrepreneurs, um, musicians, and so on. But success, if you think about it, is, well, what's the line? Uh, it's persistence more than brilliance. And you have to be confident and motivated and willing to fail and then recover from that failure and keep dust yourself off and trying it again, changing, modifying something and then going after it again. That's what happens uh, to people who become extraordinarily successful. They just don't quit. And it's hard to be one of those people if you all you've gotten your whole life is bunch of criticism. So that really, your child is less likely to be successful if you're hypercritical. More likely to be rebellious and belligerent. Okay, the other thing that happens is that people don't get, there are bunches of treatments for ADHD and not all of them are just medications. Matter of fact, the worst thing that is you just, oh, he, he, got his, he got his medication, so that's all he needs, or she needs. Uh, that doesn't work either. There is a whole lot of treatments that are psychologically oriented and coaching oriented that are very helpful with ADHDers. Okay, I have been a clinical psychologist in, like I said, a little over 40 years. I have been a coach for about 20 of those years. And some of the best people to work with are entrepreneurs and some executives with ADHD. Um, they've got that energy. They've got that zest. They, they want it bad. And they, well, they'll figure out a way to get it if they, um, 
given half a chance, you know, but if they have a harder time making it on their own, if they don't get treatment and they were less likely to get treatment if the parents believe the myths or sometimes if it's grandpa who doesn't believe who, who does believe the myths and uh, has has an unusual amount of power in in the uh, his children's families and you know so they don't get the treatment they deserve uh, they don't know to ask for accommodations in the school system and a lot of times in the school system you don't get much support you know I mean I think there are there I can figure out two kinds of teachers teachers who don't believe in ADHD and teachers who have an ADHD child of their own and they're on board by George they they're they're ready to help you out and that's you know that's what you need uh, and the other thing that happens a lot of times is it's more of a social thing but people who don't believe in ADHD definitely believe in poor parenting so you will get a lot of people who complain well they just need to parent that child you know give him some discipline and he won't act like that. It's not a matter of discipline. It's not a matter of poor parenting. It's a matter of a deficit in certain neurotransmitters in the brain. And that's what does all of the damage. And it's so predictable, you can estimate when it's going to happen. And you can also guesstimate that there are some situations like in school uh, that are not going to work well. Um, you're going to have problems in a certain kind of school. You know, schools that are real rigid, schools that are real disorganized, schools that uh, are spring-loaded to punish like crazy. Uh, and um, we still do that some in uh, Ideally, our best and brightest people would be our teachers. Uh, we know for a fact that's not the case. Uh, yeah, I mean, you have to be pretty dedicated to be a teacher in today's classroom. Uh, you've got discipline problems. <laughs> you've even got kids shooting teachers. I mean, good Lord. In my day, that was impossible. That would never have happened. When you've got school systems that are not paying attention to the best ed, uh, educational research out there, and you've got a sizable portion of the community that doesn't believe in ADHD, and when you have a slightly or a significant portion of the teacher force doesn't believe in ADHD, you got a problem. I mean, it's it's not easy to solve those kinds of kinds of difficulties, you know. And you will get a lot of complaints about your poor parenting of your child. Why do you why do you let him run around like that, or her run around like that, and so on. And 
that's just another problem that is laid on the plate of the parents of ADHD children. So hopefully you are not one of those people that doesn't believe in ADHD. If you are, you're, <laughs> you're probably getting ready to write me a nasty uh, note or something, but if you're a parent of a, of a child with ADHD and you're having any of these problems, uh, I'm sorry. I wish you luck, uh, but don't give up, okay? Because that's one of the things that we know. If you're showing pers persistence in the wake of a lot of problems, your child will tend to imitate you. And we want so we want some more of that. Okay, we'll uh, catch you next week. Uh, I am Dr. Terry James Jimgrass, and this has been Dr. G's ADHD Chat, a show designed to save the world for baby boomers. I mean, <laughs> for baby boomers with ADHD. Not ADHD, for, for ADHD, sorry. Uh, I have another show I do that's about baby boomers, so that's where that came from. But the world needs outside-the-box thinkers. We need people who don't look at it just in a very linear, logical way that they can look at it from all different directions. And that happens to be your children, mom and dad out there. And uh, we need that because those are the folks who are going to solve problems. Uh, Neurotypical thinkers tend to be good at keeping the, sustaining the system, keeping it going the way it is. They aren't so good at seeing the changes that need to be made, as we are no doubt seeing now every time we turn on the news. Okay, so uh, I, my website is terryjengrassphd.com. I have just started a uh, podcast. It's also called Dr. G's ADHD Chat. Uh, I was getting ready to push the button and I couldn't. Uh, do I need to change the name? I don't know. But it's possible I'll change the name later on. But for right now, it's Dr. G's ADHD Chat. And it's on the, the three main uh, podcasting channels. Um, I'm thinking about whether to expand and do others. But still kind of new to me uh, and it's not very fancy but um, it's got a lot of the same content uh, and um, so I'm right now I'm podcasting once a week but I probably will increase that but so far I haven't and that usually goes I think Wednesday from now on okay and anyway so uh, give it a look give it a review uh, I appreciate that uh, I don't know too, I'm still new at this podcast world, but um, I, uh, all I know is that if I uh, get reviews and thing, people download it and stuff, that's a good thing. Uh, if they just look at it and go, well, I wonder what that is, and don't do anything with it, then I'm in trouble. So, appreciate your support, and uh, we will catch you later and
And until then, do the best you can and take comfort that you're fighting the good fight. Okay. See you in a week.